not so long ago, I was struggling because I realized that a lot of my working days, I just spend them thinking, you know, like, oh, I didn't do anything today. I was not productive at all. And it's like, that's not true. I was actually thinking of this band. I was maybe searching on the internet, just random ideas. I look to other artists. I, I really love to check other artists' work. Mm, and suddenly pop, it pops in my head, you know, and it fits. Welcome to episode 59 of One More Tune, Conversations on Live Music. Happy 2024, everyone. This is the first episode of the year, and I'm starting a little bit outside of the norm for this podcast, uh, as this episode's guest is the absolutely fantastic screen printer, illustrator, and artist, Lara Buchanda, whose brand Subterranean Prints uh, P-R-I-N-T-S, is one of the best gig poster and music merch creative projects that I've seen in a long time. She randomly cropped up on my Instagram a while back, and after checking her work out, uh, I wanted to have her on to talk about her art. She's done some really, really beautiful work for uh, the likes of Lancome, Brutus, Malshat Doma, Mono, King Buffalo, and a whole lot more. She's heavily involved in the punk and underground scene. And once you check out her art and the aesthetic that she has, you'll see why. Uh, She's based out of Berlin via Oslo, but I caught up with her in her parents' place in the Basque country where she grew up and honed her uh, illustrating skills. We talk about how she conceptualizes her art, where she gets her inspiration from, what it's like dealing with artist managers, and how much luck has been involved in her journey so far. Uh, This was a great chat for me, just being able to pick the brain of a creative who is not a musician, but deals specifically in the music field and creates, uh, I guess, visual interpretations of, of music and, and the emotions that a band or artist conveys uh, was really fun for me. So I just have to thank Lara so very, very much for her time. Uh, she was a bit nervous beforehand because English is not her first language, but she spoke very, very eloquently and uh, it was just, just lots of fun. Uh, so I hope you out there enjoyed the chat too. There is no music this week, obviously. Um, I will be back next week next month uh with some new music for you uh fingers crossed uh go give lara a follow she is on instagram at subterranean underscore prince uh give one more tune a follow as well at one more tune podcast or at one more tune pod uh twitter and instagram uh, if you're listening on Spotify, it would be really wonderful if you rated the show uh, five stars uh, or just followed on whatever platform you listen to. And then the show is also on Buy Me A Coffee if you want to support the show at all. All the links are in the show notes. That's it from me. Like I said, I'll be back soon enough. Uh, looking forward to chatting to some more wonderful folks this year. In the meantime, enjoy the chat with Lara and I'll see you next time. Lara, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm very good. Thank you. Good stuff, good stuff. So we were just talking, you're currently in Basque country, but you're based out of Berlin. 
um, and you also you spent time in Norway as well. Yeah. So can you can you just describe? And I know I know that you you started Subterranean Prince in Norway. So can mm -hmm. you just describe you know your journey so far as as an illustrator and and how each place has influenced um, your approach to to art? Okay. Yes, I can do that. Um... So I actually started uh, screen print and illustration when I was here in Basque Country. I was studying in Bilbao. Uh, we were um, working in squads a lot, organizing uh, concerts for friends. And, you know, you always have to make a poster or maybe a T-shirt for some friends in a punk band and all that kind of stuff, you know. So that's how I actually started. And it was more, I wouldn't say a hobby, but it was just the way we were living at that time, you know. Uh, and then I moved to Norway because I met some friends uh, that were living there in a very beautiful project. It was um, some people living in the middle of the forest, in some houses on the trees. It sounded very, very great, you know, and I had the opportunity to go there and live with them for a while. So that's what I did. But my problem when I moved to Norway is that I don't speak any Norwegian. And I didn't want to end up working some shitty jobs. So I thought... Uh, maybe I can't really just do this, you know, I can try to screen print some stuff here and there. And that's how it really started, you know. Um, there is a very big house project in, in Oslo. It's like an old squad. It's called Blitz. And they organize also a lot of concerts, metal, punk, whatever, like very underground. And they didn't have a screen print uh, room over there. So I just told them, hey, if you want, I can make one. I can also teach some people how to use the equipment, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was great, actually. And Norway is a great place, actually, to, to start doing something like this because there are so many bands. There are so many concerts. Uh, people also has kind of... It's a rich country, you know? So they have the money to support you. Like, yes, we want to print some posters or we want to print some T-shirts. People is interested in this kind of stuff. Uh, so that was my beginnings. It's very funny because now when I look back, it was kind of... A disaster of course at the beginning like the quality was not the best it was everything was very experimental but it was very nice to have the space and and the time and also the support from some friends and people over there to do this so that's how it started in norway and i was there for five years actually i was there for five winters that's how i count my time in norway <laughs> and then i decided to move to berlin because um i also had many friends in berlin Berlin is a city where I always wanted to live. It's yeah, it's vibrant. There are things happening, you know. Also, plenty of live music and so. So I moved to Berlin. I'm terrible with dates, but I think it was like six, seven years ago. And Berlin for me was kind of the professionalization of what I do somehow, because in Berlin I met some very, very good screen printers and some very good artists, and I really learned. I mean, I, in Berlin, I kind of reached this level of quality that I really love about my posters. And I also met a lot of people like promoters, managers and bands. Everybody that is touring in Europe comes to Berlin to play at some point, you know. Uh, so Berlin for me was kind of this moment to take all the experience from previous years, all this DIY um, experimentation and all this fun that I was having and just think like okay this is seriously what I want to do and I want to do it good you know uh, so it was Berlin has been super super good for me right now I'm a little bit in a 
how to say it. I was I thought that they would move out of Berlin now. I was like a bit overwhelmed with the city at this point. I'm in Basque Country now with my parents, just visiting a little bit. But I think I'm going back. Like the city is really pulling me back. It's very difficult to say, yeah, I'm just leaving. I will never come back here. So yeah, now it's a bit of a weird moment for me. I I, I didn't decide yet. Okay, but so what what specifically about Berlin? Because it's Berlin has a reputation of being, you know, the the creative, you know, capital of Europe. Like yeah. everybody yeah. wants to go to Berlin. There's so much stuff happening there, as you said. So is it literally just that like it's such an inspiring place to be or you know it's just better for your business or or what exactly about mm. berlin is it the thing is that when i went to berlin the first time like many many years ago when we were young and happy and punks uh the city was great you're, you're not young and happy and punk <laughs> now uh well some of those things are not here anymore you know? <laughs> especially the young part i don't feel so young anymore well but berlin was like um we will see so many creative people doing stuff, doing just stuff, you know? People was uh, playing music out everywhere on the streets. People was uh, screen printing on the walls, screen printing on anything they could find. Sorry, my, my computer is making noises. Uh, so for me, Berlin was very, very inspiring at the time, you know, because you could really feel that you could do anything you wanted there, you know? Uh, and that feeling is kind of dissipating now at the moment. Uh, but I think it's happening in every capital right now, like this feeling that everything gets more hipster, gentrified, you know. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I was a bit overwhelmed with Berlin uh, the last the last couple of months, last few months. And I was also missing very much nature. For me, nature is very important. Right. Like my main inspiration when I work and so on and so. And Berlin doesn't have a lot of that. Uh, so I don't know. I'm trying to find like a middle point, you know, where I can just have the good parts of Berlin for a few months during the year, maybe, and then maybe leave, like to clear my head a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are are kind of veering towards that, having a bit of a balance. And and do you think is is it just a case of the, like you said, the gentrification and the advent of hipsterdom or whatever is is that just the global mood that's happening right now like there's just something a little bit off with everything mm, i don't know i don't have the answer for that what i what i can feel is that berlin is a very hype place to be everybody wants to be at, in berlin but they don't want to have the things that actually make berlin cool they don't want to have they want to have the underground, the underground techno, the underground metal, the underground punk, but they don't want to have the PSML and they don't want to have the dirty corners and they don't want to have, maybe there is people living on the streets, there's people with drug, the drug abuse problems, all those things come together, you know, and I'm not saying it's nice, but you cannot clean the city and still have the underground. It doesn't work that way, you know, it's, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a classist uh, point of view, you know, like I want this, but clean and safe and catered for for my taste you know so i think it's happening everywhere it's kind of cool to be in berlin it's kind of cool to go to all these clubs and pretend that you are into bdsm <laughs> but you don't want to see anybody overdosing and you don't want to see anybody peeing in the corner you know and i'm sorry but that's not how it works so so you know as somebody who's you know you you've you started off going organizing punk gigs and squats in in basque country then you moved to norway 
dealing with a lot of punk and then you're in Berlin dealing with a lot of punk. So is punk dead? <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think... Uh, Good. I, I don't think so. No, no. I think punk is an attitude. I don't know if I'm... I don't think I am as punk as I was years ago, you know? But I think punk is an attitude. It's a way of... Uh, uh, being in this life, you know, um, I think it's not so much about the music or the aesthetic. It's more about how you want to live this life. Uh, yeah. uh, if you want to do the things that you are really passionate about, how you want to do these things, how do you share them with people as well? Uh, I think all those things are very important. Mm, I don't know. That's a very big question. Maybe it's, it's too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's an impossible question, but punk will never die. Like you said, because it's an attitude. Um, how how did you find like so? You spent a good few amount of years in Norway. Let's say learning your craft or whatever, and then perfecting it in Berlin. Um, and you just said as well, nature is a big influence for you. So. How did you find yourself, like, did your aesthetic change a lot moving from Norway to Berlin? Um, or did you, like, did your mindset change and did that then influence how your, your art shifted? Or have you always had a kind of overall aesthetic that you, that you stick to and then it's just kind of dictated by whatever bands you're, you're working mm -hmm. with or just your state of mind at the time? Uh, I think my aesthetic didn't change. I think it kind of uh, evolved somehow. Like I'm getting more and more focused. Like before maybe it was more wide and now I'm getting more and more focused into what I really like. Which is? Uh, right now I'm obsessed drawing birds, you know. Maybe it's the only thing I will draw for the rest of my life, just birds. No, but uh, um, I'm very focused into nature and it has to have a dark twist, you know. For me it's very important that when you look at, at one of my designs, I hope, uh, maybe you see, like like I say, a bird, but there is something that makes you step on your tracks because there is something out of... Uh, there is something that makes you stop and say, what, what's that? Something weird, you know? Uh -huh. There is like an strange element that is going to question, make you question what you are looking at. It doesn't have to be surrealistic or anything like that, but there's a beautiful bird, but something sometimes there is like an element that it will... yeah. It will make you think, you know, like oh, this is not, this is a little bit out of the, uh, yeah, out of the normal. Yeah, okay, okay. So because I like to have that because it makes people really stop a little bit for a couple of seconds longer, you know, and that's actually very difficult today to make people stop for two more seconds of your art. Uh, so yeah, and then when I'm working with bands, I always try to adapt uh, to what the band sounds like for me. I'm not so much into reading all the lyrics and I I will probably just listen to the music in the background and I will try to find like an emotion that that band is uh, creating on me, you know? Um, not so long ago, I made a poster for Brutus. It's a band that I really, really like. And Brutus is a band that has a lot of energy. They, they have this kind of anger that is kind of sad at the same time, you know? This kind of sadness and anger and very, very beautiful energy. Uh, so I made for them this beautiful poster. I think it's a beautiful illustration of some birds flying. And one of the birds is holding a match. And this match is making all these birds fly uh, on in flames. You know, they are burning themselves away. And it has nothing to do with any of the lyrics of the band. 
but that's how I sometimes feel when I listen to their music. It's difficult for me to explain it in words because that's that's why I draw it, you know. But I'm trying to look for this kind of emotion when I listen to the band, you know, something that makes me think of a image that I can try to, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I explain. <laughs> no, no, that, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I was going to ask, so like, you know, if if you can distill it down to, okay, so, so Brutus have asked you to do a poster for for whatever. So, what is your process? Do you, you know, sit in a dark room, eyes closed, just listening to the music? How long does it take you before you start visualizing or thinking about um, what you might want to incorporate? Um, you know, like say it's just a band that you've you've never heard their music and it's coming to you like completely new. What is your step by step process for idea generation, or does it change per per you know every one that you that you work on is completely different? What's the process? I think my process is based in pure luck, you know, <laughs> like. Okay, good. <laughs> no, I kind of get uh, when I have. Mm, mm, Okay, for example, I cannot work in several projects at the same time. So I usually take one project and I try to finish it in one go. Because what I usually do is to get kind of obsessed with this image or obsessed. I think about it a lot. Maybe I go to sleep and I'm trying to sleep and suddenly it's like, oh, yes, they need this or they need this image. And suddenly it comes, you know, like this kind of, oh, I thought about it in the shower kind of feeling, you know? Yeah. Uh, So... Mm, like uh, not so long ago I was struggling because I realized that a lot of my working days I just spend them thinking you know like oh I didn't do anything today I was not productive at all and it's like that's not true I was actually thinking of this band I was maybe searching on the internet just random ideas I look to other artists I I really love to check other artists work Mm, and suddenly it pops in my head you know and it fits it kind of fits so it's difficult for me to explain, actually, with more accurate uh, words. And then once I start working for a band, I usually try to focus into this band. Like I said, I, I try to finish the project, you know? Like if it's going to take me one week to make a poster, during that week, I only work for this band. I don't like to make several projects at the same time because I kind of feel that the ideas get like a m- bit intertwined or they they kind of get muddy with each other. I don't know. So yeah, that's my process. I don't know if it's very clever, but that's that's how how it works. And I get you know, it, it, is it a case of you know you could have the from ideation to final idea? It could take you two hours to think of it, or it could take you two weeks to think of it. Just there's no Absolutely. yeah, okay. Absolutely. For example, if there is a band that I really like, sometimes I already know what I'm gonna do for them before. Like ah. I will say. Oh, for example, I really, I really like Chelsea Wolf. Huh? I know she's coming to Europe. And I would love to make a poster for her. I don't know if it's gonna happen. This is, this is just a, a dream I have. You know, I love to make a poster for Chelsea Wolf, and I kind of know already what that poster would be. You know, because I really like her, and I thought about this before. If it's a totally new band for me, yeah, I have to listen to the music. I have to make just a little research. I just have to look at them a little bit and see. So again, could that be a case of, you know, you're just driving in a car somewhere and somebody puts on a song of a band and you're like, oh, that's nice. Who's that? And then you'll just, you'll, 
automatically like go down your creative mind path of what would I do visually for these guys? Is that yeah, absolutely. So is that is absolutely. that annoying for you because you can't you can't just enjoy the music as it is? You're always <laughs> thinking about how can I visualize this, and then also, but and also so like you said that your art always has a dark twist to it. So does the music? need to fit a little dark twist or you know could you could you do uh you know like could you make a, a poster for Dua Lipa let's say ah yeah I see what you mean <laughs> um this is funny because many years ago I had a friend that used to say I hate happy music happy music is shit you know <laughs> so I don't hate happy music but I would say 99% of the music I listen to is kind of dark, you know, not necessarily dark like black metal, but it has like a dark twist to it, you know, like there is a sadness or there is some kind of anger or there is some kind of, because I like strong emotions and usually happy music is, is just very light, you know, and I usually like things that are more intense and a bit more, uh, yeah, they are more appealing for me. So I never had any happy band coming to me <laughs> for a job. I guess they don't like what I do, you know, it maybe doesn't make sense for them either. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, sometimes, sometimes, oh, fuck. Um, sometimes when I'm listening to music, uh, like um, an idea will pop in my head. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Uh, if I really like what I'm listening to or if I go to a concert and I really like the band, yes, ideas will pop in my head. Yes. And then, so can you remember any instances recently where you've been at a live show and, and that's happened? Uh, wow, that's a good question. Um, actually, this happened to me when I was last year at Desert Fest in Berlin. And I saw this, I think they're a French band called Slift. They play kind of progressive rock. It's three young guys, you know, and I really like the concert. Uh, and I thought, fuck, these guys could really use some of this and this, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like some, it's more like elements, you know, I really like to use geometries sometimes because I think geometries floating in a space have this kind of very psychedelic, dark, like, like portals to other dimensions, this kind of stuff, you know, it really depends on the music. So, yeah, I remember with a slip, I had this kind of moment of, oh, fuck, I would love to do something for these guys with these elements, you know, but I think my main problem when it comes to this is that I have many ideas and I don't have the time, you know, I, I don't have the capacity to to draw or to print all the ideas that I have. And sometimes ideas are great in your head and then they are not so good when you put them in paper, you know, so, yeah. And so with, with a case, you know, with, with that band Slift, for example, say, um, like, are you comfortable approaching these bands and be like, hey, I'm Lara, I love your music, I'd love to do, uh, do like, some poster for you? Or And then are they normally uh, receptive to that? Like, do you find mm -hmm. that musicians are more like, yeah, sure, you can you can do something for us? Or And then, if so, do you collaborate with them a lot? Like, do you allow them to kind of inform your direction or do you just do it all yourself so uh, i'm not shy approaching bands i i really if I, if I really like a band and i see they're gonna play let's say in berlin or wherever i am and i have the time i just write them hey, i would love to make a poster for you uh this and that are the conditions you know like i have some some 
guidelines for the thing and so on and so. And I must say that of all the bands I work with, people is usually very, very nice. You know, bands love to have, because this is something special, you know, it's a screen printed poster, it's a limited edition. I usually print 70 to 80 copies. They are hand printed. Uh, it's a representation of their music. And bands usually really love it, you know. It's, it's something special. It's like a memory of that show. Yeah. Um, so in general, bands have been super receptive. I had worse experiences with managers, I have to say, because manager is a different kind of animal in the music industry. <laughs> uh, and their job is different, you know. The job of a manager is to manage. And the job of the artist is to express. And I think for them it's a bit different. But in general, I'm super happy working with underground I was going to say metal, but I underground music scene because people is very open for this kind of uh, approach. Uh, so yeah, I, I write bands very, very often. If I really like a band, I will write them. And then usually when I write a band, they are very open for whatever I will present them. It didn't happen to me very often that someone will say, oh, this is totally off. It, it, it never happened. Sometimes maybe we change some elements here and there, but in general, when I present an idea, they are they are on board with it, you know. I'm very lucky that way, you know. I like they like what comes to my head when I think about it. So I'm very lucky that way. It's different when the band approaches me because when the band comes to me, usually they want something specific, you know. Like we want a t-shirt design and we want to have this and these elements. Okay, so then I have to work around their ideas. And is that? harder for you or absolutely why absolutely. because because then you're you're constrained in what you're allowed to do yeah also because sometimes people don't realize like maybe they love what i do they like my style but then they ask me something that is totally out of my style you know they ask me for a motorbike with uh, smoke and flames you know it's like I don't, I don't know how to do that you know I cannot draw anything. I can draw things that I'm, yeah, the things that I like somehow, you know? So sometimes bands will come with very crazy ideas. I have to tell you. I, I always think when, when this happens, I always think like, okay, there is somewhere in the world, a practice room with four or five dudes, totally high on pot, just dropping ideas, you know, like, yeah, man, we can have like a motorbike with a snowman riding into the sunset, you know? And then they all agree with some stupid idea and then they write me. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not gonna happen. I'm sorry, I can't <laughs> do that for you. <laughs> well, what's the what's the most crazy request you've you've ever had? Oh fuck, I always tell this one. Once a band was asking me for a snowman, this is where it's coming from. Snowman like melting because the sun is very hot and he has sunglasses and is staring into the abyssum. Abyssum, or how do you say abyssum? Yeah? Abyss. 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 To the abyss. And I didn't, I, I didn't do it, you know, I just wrote, like, I'm sorry, this is, I don't see it, you know, this is a very weird, a very weird idea <laughs> for me. So, yeah. Well, did, I wonder, I wonder, did they get somebody else to do that? I wonder if there's a melting snowman out there somewhere on some merch. I would love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about, uh, so, you know, you, you mentioned there, and I don't know if this is a recent thing that has gotten more popular or, or has it always been a thing, but the idea of, you know, like there's bands out there who for every single show that they do, there's a separate piece of art for mm -hmm. that show. So, you know, um, 
every city that they play in, they'll commission an artist from that city to do a, a, a poster for it or whatever. Is that just something that's grown recently in your experience? Like people wanting the memento of that specific show? I know merch has always been a huge thing, but the, mm -hmm. the individual uh, art pieces yeah. connected to a show, is that something that's grown recently or has it always been the case in, in your, your I experience? think this is something that is growing more and more in Europe right now, but in the States, it has been like this for a while. Uh, I remember I was visiting Seattle like a f before the pandemic, and we visited an exhibition with uh, screen-printed posters for Pearl Jam. Ah. And they had so many. Pearl Jam has been always big into geek posters, screen-printed posters. It's a very big scene over there in the States. Yeah. In Europe, now it's growing more and more. Uh, maybe the editions are not so as big as in the States, but yes, I know like bands like uh, King Lizard. King Lizard, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they make posters for every show, or um, maybe not every show, but a lot of the shows they make. Also, uh, Queens of the Stone Age was making a lot of posters recently. So, yes, it's coming to, into Europe, but it's happening more with bigger bands, you know. Maybe for smaller bands, they make a tour poster and they bring it throughout the, the tour. Just one design, you know. But, yes, it's getting more and more usual here. And it's nice because... Like a few years ago, you had to explain to people what this was, you know, geek poster art. And now it's getting more and more common, you know, like yeah. people understand what is that piece of paper and why does it cost what it costs, you know? And so would you, is, is you know, would you like to, you know, you know, if um, Josh Hom sees you on Instagram and like, hey, I want I want this lady to to do all of our tour all of our tour posters for the upcoming European tour. Is that something that would interest you? Like taking on, you know, I have to make sixty different posters for the same band, different cities. Like is that is that a contract that you'd like? Or do you prefer just the smaller what like standalone underground bands? Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. First, I think I would die of success if I had <laughs> posters for Josh Home. That's not a bad way to die. Dying of success. Yeah, die of success. Yes. Um, uh, I would still. I guess it will depend on the band. Okay, I have my reservations with some bands. I'm not canceling them or anything like that. But I want to work with bands that I like and respect, and for me, that's very right. important. Oh, I used to like Queens of the Stone Age, Josh Home. Not so much. I mean, I he's, ha he's had his incidences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying I will say no to a Queens of the Stone Age poster. Maybe I will do it. I don't know. I will have to think about it. It didn't present the, the opportunity. Well, Chelsea Wolf, for example, didn't you mention Chelsea yeah. Wolf earlier? So if she if she just said, I want, like, Lara, I want you to do all my posters. I don't, I don't know if I will have the capacity because I'm being honest with you. It takes me one to two weeks to create one poster. So I have to work on those terms. Uh, I try to be faster in the past, and the only thing I get is anxiety. So I prefer to work yeah. on my own terms. Uh, I also had this conversation with some of my uh, fellow gig poster artists, you know, about working with bigger bands and all these, yes, bands, bigger bands getting more and more posters, like, I don't know, Arctic Monkeys also was getting posters for every show or their tour. Uh, I have seen Rolling Stones. I have seen uh, Elton John getting geek posters. Um, to be honest, 
the conditions that you get working with these very big bands are not so fair, I will say. Or or maybe they are fair for you if you like the band, whatever. But I work with small bands, or for me, they are not so small. They are bands that I really love. And the people is great. I sell out my editions. You know, people is writing me, asking me, do you have leftover posters of this and that? So I, it's, for me, it's amazing. I make a living out of making posters for bands that I really like who is very nice playing in bands, playing in venues that I I enjoy going to. So sometimes I don't see the need to make a poster for Metallica. And I love Metallica, you know? If they ask me to make a poster, I would probably make a poster for Metallica, but it's not going to save my ass, you know? For me to make posters with, for, for Lancome, for Bluetooth, for Emma Ruth Randall, you know, they are great people. They are, it's very nice to work with them. They have this artistic view of, the, of how they want to present their band. They actually the musicians they look at the artwork because I I don't think Arctic Monkeys is gonna look to the poster that I make for them. They, they don't care, you know. It's probably an art director or a manager, merchandise manager, whatever. So yes, those are fine, very nice uh, job opportunities, and it's very nice that bigger bands are making gig posters for sure. The more the better. The more gig poster artists in the world, the better. You know, this has to grow. This has to get bigger. So I'm very happy that Metallica and Arctic Monkeys and all these people is making posters. But for me personally, I'm really happy with the underground, underground, I always say underground, but yeah, I'm very happy with this music scene because I think people in this, in this kind of level, they really work their asses off for their music, you know? They tour, they play, they sell their records, they make all these things, and I respect them a lot for that. And it's actually people who is very nice to work with. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. How did um how did the Lancome uh, poster come about? Because uh, they obviously fellow, fellow Irishmen and they are Irishmen and women, and they're um they're making big like they're getting huge huge um kind of um back home and and throughout Europe they're really making a name yeah. for themselves. So how did that come about? Was did you hear them or did they ask you or how did it all start? I'm totally in love with Lancum. Okay, I good. love them. They are such a great bunch of Good, because there's also, sorry, because I, I, I remember, so growing up, we had a, um, we had a Basque um, exchange student oh, okay. come over. And she, and she she was explaining to us about how there's a huge link between Basque music and Irish folk yeah. music. Rebel songs, basically, yeah. like the, um, there was, she played us a song where there was a Basque artist um, saying a rebel phrase in Irish mm -hmm. in one of their songs. And it always stuck me. I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool, like that we have that shared. And there's the belief that basically all Irish people came from the Basque country originally okay. for whatever reason. So so was, you know, it, was that something that as you always grow up, like knowing about the Irish kind of folk punk scene yeah, or or how did, how did it come about absolutely when i was i think my first international trip with my friends was to belfast oh wow okay which like other people maybe go to i don't know pizza or whatever yeah. and we went to belfast <laughs> because we had friends over there blah blah all this kind of stuff uh yes uh for me growing up in Basque country there is some kind of connection with certain per parts of the world and Ireland for sure is one of them. And with Lancum, this was a very lucky accident for me. 
because Spotify actually recommended me a Lancome song, you know. I was driving, like, I don't know how many hours, and suddenly it came up. And I thought, fuck, this has this kind of darkness, you know, deepness that I really like. And I was listening to their album before they released the last album, the previous one. So I was listening to it, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly I realized, wow, in one month they are playing in Berlin. I would love to go see them, but the concert is sold out. It's like, fuck, I cannot get any tickets. What can I do? I know I'm going to make a poster for them and then I can go to the concert. You know, it's just as easy. as that. So I wrote them and I said, guys, would, would you like to have a poster? And they loved the idea. So it was a happy accident, you know. And then I went to that concert. It was fantastic. The poster was sold out in the moment, you know. The audience was amazing. The concert was beautiful. This was just when they released the last record. Like, I think it was, I don't know, February or March of yeah, last year. Yeah. Uh, it was a very, very beautiful experience. Very beautiful. And they are super nice people. Also, I, I realized that with bands that are coming from kind of punk background, DIY punk background. For me, it's very easy to connect with and very easy because we kind of speak the same language, if you want. And this happened to me with Lancum. So yeah, that's how it was just a happy accident, really. Like one month before I listened to a song randomly on Spotify and I thought I have to go to this concert. Oh, sold out. So I just made a poster. <laughs> It's it's a nice handy trick to be able to fall back on if you want to go to gigs that are sold out. You just make a bespoke piece, yeah. piece of art for the for the artist. Easy. It was my my free ticket to that concert. Yeah. Very good. Very yeah, good. It was, it was beautiful. And then I made another poster for them because they played in Berlin not so long ago. Again. So that's what I was yeah. going to ask. So you know, out of all of these relationships that you that you build, so. You know, it could be a case of every time Lancome come to Berlin now, they're like, Lara, we need another poster. So is, is that happens a lot for you? Like you get repeat um, business from from art that you create? Sometimes it happens. I mean, it depends, of course, like with everything in life, you like some people more than other, you know, and bands is this, with some bands, you just connect. Uh, there is these guys from Sweden, Monolord. They're super nice people. I think I already made three, four, five posters for them. Uh, and I think I will keep doing posters for them. They are great. They sound fantastic live. They are super powerful. And they are also very nice people to work with. It's very easy to speak with them. They are friendly. I don't know. There's a nice, I'm not going to say we are friends, you know, but there's a nice connection over there. Uh, it's the same with the people from Brutus, for example, uh, the guys from Lancung. So, yeah, I think with some bands, you establish like a special connection or nice connection. Also, I think for some bands, maybe my style speaks to them Since, more or yeah, suits them better yeah. than to others. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Do you have a favorite piece that you've created? Uh, oh, that's a difficult question, of course. Some of them, one of the late ones that I love is a poster I made for Pool of Hell. Pool of Hell is this uh, brutal band from the States. I, I, I'm not so good at naming styles or something, but it's like kind of, what it is, death metal, screaming hell. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they are fantastic live. I really like to see them live. And I was a bit hesitant to make a poster for them because they have this very dirty metal uh, aesthetic. And I'm a bit more clean and romantic, if you want, you know. And I made a poster for them, and it worked really good. And I really like the poster. So 
that's one of my favorites from the last uh, runs I made. The one for Beatles is also very beautiful. I love it. The last, the, the two posters I made for Lancome, they are very nice. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, you love them all. They're all your they're favorite. They're my babies. They're my babies. <laughs> do you have the, obviously, you know, you keep, you, have, you obviously have the originals that you keep for yourself, but do you display any of them like in no. your place? None of them are up on the wall. So one no. is it a case of once, once you're done with it, you're like, okay, I'm happy with it. I, I can see them online or whatever, but you don't necessarily want to have them around your, your space. I have my archive. I have my archive where I keep all my posters. I keep a couple of copies of each of them. But no, but it's funny that you mentioned that because now that I came to visit my parents and I'm here at their house, this house looks a little bit like a shrine, you know, like a museum. This is a <laughs> museum because they have a lot of my work hanging on the walls. Ah, They're very parents, you know. Of They're course, very, of course. I, I really love them for that. And they have some of my very first prints, which is a bit embarrassing to look at. <laughs> uh, but they are very sweet. They have a lot of my prints in the house. Like they took away all the crappy art they had before, you know. And, and put all your good ones in. Put, put my stuff, you know. Which so, is when, very nice. so when you, okay, so when you walk into the house and you see some of your, your first designs, are you like, are you looking away or are you like looking in detail at them to see? Like what? Like to bring you back to what was I thinking? How how good was I? Like the details mm -hmm. that you see, or, or you know, have you? Do you do you put any time into looking back on all of that stuff, or or no? Yeah, yeah, I actually look at them. I mean, now I know them by heart, you know. Uh, but sometimes I think there are a couple of ideas that I would like to remake again because I think they were very good ideas ten years ago, but now I will make them better. But yeah, it's nice. I'm not ashamed of what I did, you know. It's 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 hard. It's like a practice makes. A, how do you say that? Practice makes a perfect perfection. Okay, I'm not perfect, but you know, it's uh, so yeah. I like to look at them, and some of them are a little bit like, oh, I was so cheesy back then, you know. <laughs> I was so emo. <laughs> Too happy. Yeah, emo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so emo, you know. So, <laughs> but still, it's nice, you know. It's part of my journey, so yeah, Absolutely. I don't mind to look at. Them. And yeah. if, you know, if you were to say, you know, is there one gig or event from the past that you'd love to be able to go back to and create uh, a piece for, you know, like, is there any any gig from the past that you've went to that stands out like, the you know, you know your favorite gig ever or even just like any historical music happening uh in the past that you would have loved to you know create something for the first thing that comes to mind and i i know i already talked about her in this podcast is the first time i saw chelsea wolf in oslo because um i think she had released this album that was kind of acoustic it was called flatlands and it had some very hauntingly beautiful songs in that album and, but I didn't know much about her. And she was playing opening for Russian Circles, which were like a more established, bigger band. And we went to the concert and she opened the show and she played. I remember her coming out on stage and she was kind of covering her face with her hair because I think she's kind of stage shy. Like she has this, uh, yeah, she's very shy, I think. And she played this powerful, very, very beautiful show. And I actually left. I didn't see Russian circles at all. Oh, oh, wow. 
Because Had after you... that, Russian circles start to play, and it felt a bit like I'm sorry for the guys, you know, they have also very beautiful music. But at that moment, after seeing Chelsea Wolf for the first time, for me, it was like, okay, no, 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 I, this is enough, you know, I don't. You need to leave. Wow. No, I... But you you didn't know, you hadn't heard of her beforehand. You were going to see Russian circles, and then she was just too good. Yeah, I heard a couple of her songs and so, and I thought it was very nice. But. Yeah, the idea was to see the whole show, you know, and then it was like, you know, I, I'm telling you, when Russian Circle start, start, started playing, it was like, they are lacking power, you know, compared to her, they are like, it felt decaffeinated somehow, and I was like, no, no, I, I'm leaving, and I, we left, it was not only my impression, also my friend that was with me, we were like, no, no, we have to leave now. But so, did, did you, like, in those instances, did you leave and you were immediately uh, inspired to create something or 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 not? Like, it, it wasn't, I need to get out of here to create, it was just, well, we've... No, no, it's not so much, it's not so much like that. No, it's not so much like that. No, inspiration can come anytime, you know? Like, I walk around looking for inspiration. Like, can be music, can be a book I'm reading, can be something that I see randomly, you know, in a corner. Anything can be inspiring. No, I think at that time, during that concert, it was more like, it was really beautiful, you know? Sometimes music can really touch you very deeply. And it was very beautiful, very intense, also kind of dark, sad, you know? And she was so huge. And it was a very small venue. It's called Blow. It's a venue in Oslo. Maybe two to 300 people there. Um, I don't know. It felt so good. It felt so intense and so beautiful that... It, it didn't make any sense to see another concert afterwards, you know? So we just went outside, we were hanging out with some friends and so on and so. And then after the concert, we went inside and we bought some merch and we, we talked with her a little bit. And I saw that she was traveling with, because at that time in Oslo, I was not making so many gig posters. I was really starting with this, you know, it was very early in, in, the, in the beginnings. And I saw that she was touring with a tour poster made by Error Design, which is a guy from Barcelona. He also made a lot of posters for a lot of artists. And I thought, fuck, this is something I can do, you ah, know? So was it? Uh... I already had some somehow the idea in my head that geek posters, I knew about them. But when you see them at the concert, you know, it's like, oh, this is really something that I would, I would, uh, yeah, I would love to do. Oh, so, okay. So might might yeah. you do that? You might you know do that Chelsea Wolf poster you know from that night. If like you say, you might be walking and get the idea of oh yeah, that's what I should do for for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um. And for the you know you just mentioned another artist there is is the gig artist poster artist for want of a better phrase. Um, is that community, you know, very interconnected? Are you supportive of each other? Is it, is it a, you know, a nice community to be in? Um, is it, is it big? Uh, it's not huge, but it's very, very nice. Uh, I will say that we all know each other. There's always someone that is out of your radar somehow, but I know most of them. Uh, I know the people who is screen printing gig posters in Europe. Uh, also, we make uh, a couple of festivals. There is this uh, festival called Flatstock. Oh yeah. That happens, for example, at Primavera Sound in Barcelona. It also it also happens in Hamburg once a year at Ripperbahn Festival. And Flatstock is a festival or a festival. It's like a market exhibition for gig poster artists. You know. 
So we all go there and we have our stands with only posters about music. It's not only about music, you know, there are also people making posters for, yeah. for movies or just art prints and stuff like that. But this screen printed art and it's very nice and it's a very nice way to connect. Uh, I think uh, it's also very, very nice to see the different styles of people, the different bands they are working with, because of course, some people love indie rock, so they make indie rock posters. Some people love whatever else, you know, hip hop, and they make hip hop. And and I make mostly metal and punk, you know, but it's very, very nice actually to see the different styles, to be all of us together. And it's also a very nice opportunity like to talk with people and to gossip a little bit. Oh, this band never paid for the design or stuff like that, you know? <laughs> so it's actually a very nice way to, to yeah, to yeah, change ideas, to, to talk with this yeah, and to learn also because this is not like something you really learn at school or anything like that, you know? So it's very nice to learn from other people, from experiences, look for advice, you know? So yeah, yeah, I think we have a very nice uh, connection. I don't know so many people from the States. I, I, I'm in touch with a few of them, but yeah, I, I don't know so many people from the other side. And would you, because you mentioned earlier about, you know, um, the the market is growing in Europe, but really North America is where, where it's, it's biggest <laughs> would you would you ever move over to you know you, you said you might not be moving back to berlin so is would you ever move to you know an american state for for the bigger market and a change a change of pace or change of inspiration is that something that you'd you'd consider no no i, I don't think no. i would ever move to the States. <laughs> i i i'd love to visit but i don't think i could live over yeah. there but i know there are a couple of uh bloodstock festivals in the states uh, uh, and I would love to go to one of those because it's, I know it's huge. I know the market over there and this the, the size of this festival is huge, you know, it's American size. Uh, so I think once in a lifetime, just pack my posters, take a plane, go over there and expose my work. I think they make one in Austin. I think they make another one in Chicago, maybe in Grom. I don't know. Eh? But I know they also make another one in Mexico City. Uh, so yes, it would be great, you know, to also to connect with different people, you know, and to see yeah. all things that maybe I follow on Instagram or whatever, to see their work in person. Uh, that would be also very, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, do you play any instruments yourself? Actually, I, I should say no. <laughs> I used to, <laughs> I have like a classic uh, music uh, education. I used to play piano when I was a kid, you know until I discover pots and I started smoking joints. So it was no more classical piano for me. <laughs> kind of. That's more or less very, very, very short story. Uh, no, I don't. I don't uh, play any instrument. I was always like, I would see my friends playing in bands, you know, and I wanted to be part of it. I was screaming in a couple of bands, really screaming, nothing serious. But I would go with them on tour, you know. I would say, hey, I drive the van for you or... Uh, so I think that's how I end up making geek posters because it's our way to be in the scene. Yes. Without really a musician, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, so Lara, I finish uh, every one of these episodes with a bit of an impossible question. I don't want you to think too much about it. Okay. But it's the it's the last uh, concert you're ever going to go see, right? So the world is blowing up the next day. Who is the main? act and the two supports 
And then what venue in the world is it being held in? A concert that I would love to see. Yeah, your dream, your dream lineup. Last, it's your last oh, show fuck. you want to oh, see. Oh shit, that's terrible. I would love to see Job. Okay. You know, Job. Job is a band that every time I see them live, they make me want to be a better person. Okay. So, <laughs> because they have this kind of very positive energy going on. Where are they from? So, they are from in Portland. I hope they are from Portland, but they are from that area, you know. Okay. Yeah. So are they headlining? So, um, yeah, why not? They could be headlining. How do you spell their name? Really, this is a really difficult question you made. Eh? <laughs> Just spell them Y O B. Y O B. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any Chelsea any Wolf? Is Chelsea Wolf gonna? Chelsea Wolf, fantastic. Yeah, but I'm also thinking like bands that maybe don't play anymore. You know, one of these old punk bands that they don't play anymore, and I would love to see. I don't know, but you are really. <laughs> What do you do? Well, who, who comes who comes to mind? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm the thing is that I was I, I have seen most of these bands play, you know, so I, I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking about bands like Neurosis that they don't play anymore and they were fantastic every time I saw them. Uh, I'm thinking about Discharge or or Tragedy or all these uh, emo crass bands that I used to listen so much. Well, you, you can only have three. There can only okay, be three. Let's put, neurosis, let's put neurosis in there. Okay, so neurosis opening. Yeah, okay. Maybe Chelsea should open then. I think then that would make more sense. But if Chelsea opens, are you going to stay for the rest of the show? Or are you going to go? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Women power, you know, if she's too good for them, it's not my problem. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And what venue? What's the what's your favorite venue or, or what ah, would be the best venue for them? Venue? Oh, fuck. I think I would love to see them outside somewhere in nature, you know, like somewhere in the middle of nowhere. I know there is a festival in Switzerland that they play like in the middle of the Alps. I don't remember the name of the festival, but you can actually, you have to walk up there, you know. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think I would love to see them like in a place like that, you know, like very out, somewhere out. Okay. Out in, out in freedom. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, because you're an illustrator, can you thinking about that show? So we're in the Swiss Alps with those three bands playing. Oh my god! What's what's <laughs> the first things that come to mind for a poster? Well, like give me give me a quick a quick idea of colors. What's going to be? Is there going to be birds? Is there going to be a flaming Absolutely. motorcycle? It's probably birds and snakes because those are the things that I always do, like some kind of struggle, you know, with some flames coming out from that. Something like that, probably. <laughs> okay, very good. Okay, and so anything else going on in your life right now? Do you have anything, um, any other jobs lined up, anything you're working on, anything inspirational that you're you're thinking about, anything coming up? I have some jobs at the moment. The thing is that I'm super busy right now. Good. Like I'm really rest- a lot of emails asking for commissions and jobs and so and so. So it's a bit overwhelming at the moment. But what I can confirm for sure is that I will be at Desert Fest in Berlin because it's a great festival. I always go. I will also go to Desert Fest in Oslo. It's the first time they it's first edition. And I would like to be there because I'm very connected to the city as well. So I will do those two festivals for sure. Uh apart of that, we will see. There are some other festivals like lining up for the summer and so, but yeah. 
slowly, step by step. Okay, and if people want to get in touch with you for commissions, is it best uh, through email or Instagram or email? Email is perfect. Email is perfect. And then yes. uh, your shop is also on your website, so all of your all of whatever is available, you put up on on the website. Yeah, I'm kind of easy to find, you know, Instagram, um, yeah, subterraneanprints.com. Everything is kind of uh, easy to find, yes. 